Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid sleeping isn't one. Hey, you guys, welcome to the snooze button. Um, this podcast episode is coming a couple of days early this week because it's Memorial Day and my husband and I are going out of town for the first time ever without our kids um, for like a real vacation, not like a one-nighter, like an actual real vacation. So I'm releasing this one two days early. So you're welcome. Anyway, today we are talking about short naps. So I honestly don't think there is a single parent out there who has not dealt with short naps. It's something every baby experiences at some point, um, and for a lot of families is a chronic issue. So I thought it would be the perfect thing to tackle on this lovely holiday. So first off, what are short naps, right? That feels like it could mean a lot of things. I mean, at a high level, it's shorter than you want your baby to be napping, right? That's a short nap. But from my perspective as a sleep expert, it's one sleep cycle. So that's usually somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes. Um, It is not exactly the same for every baby. Some will be 30 minutes, some will be 40, some are 45. It's somewhere in that range. And besides it being frustrating when you're trying to get your baby to sleep better, maybe you have things you need to do, you just feel like this probably isn't enough sleep. The reason from my perspective that it matters if babies don't learn to take longer naps is because they're never connecting their sleep cycles. They're never getting that deep restorative sleep that they need. So if you've ever been around a toddler who takes like an amazing good nap and you wake them up and they're like groggy, there's like a little bit of sweat on the side of their face, you know, the way you feel when you get up from a long nap. Um, But it's like a good thing. They've gotten this like deep restorative sleep and they are like ready to go for the afternoon. Um, If your baby's not getting that, Again, they're not getting that deep restorative sleep. And it's actually one of those things that becomes an issue later on when it's not addressed at the beginning. You know, I'll have clients come to me with a one-year-old who's never taken a longer than 45-minute nap, right? They've never really learned to connect to those sleep cycles. And suddenly they're on one nap. Well, now we have a really big problem because if they had been able to connect to their sleep cycles and they're consolidating that sleep, then it's great. They're taking a two and a half, a three-hour nap. But if they've never really learned that skill, they've never learned to connect to those sleep cycles and take a longer nap, then suddenly they're just sleeping for 45 minutes a day and they're so overtired and they're frustrated. And of course, you know, the older they are as a baby, it's harder to learn that skill. So that's why it matters, right? In terms of solving it, so there are a couple of factors at play. There isn't one magical thing that every baby needs to do and one exact scenario that's going to create perfect naps, but it really is being conscious of all of the factors that are contributing to setting your baby up for success with their naps. So understanding the total amount of sleep that a baby needs by their age, that's a really big deal because in those first few months of life, in the first year really of life, the amount of total sleep that your baby needs And the amount of naps that they need, like the number of naps per day, changes really dramatically. You know, you go from having like a two-month-old that needs like five naps a day to a seven or eight-month-old that only needs two naps. That's like a huge change, right? So understanding as your baby gets older, what is a realistic expectation for how much total sleep they need? So at a high level, be thinking about a baby who's about three months old. So we're going to go kind of at the ages where you can really start to expect naps to kind of come together and become stronger. A three-month-old needs about four days, four, wow, <laughs> needs about four naps a day. 
And then between four and six months, it's about three naps a day. And then once you get to seven months, that morphs into two naps a day, right? And we're on that for a while. It's really not until your baby's between 14 to 18 months that they should really be moving to one nap. So that's one factor, right? Like if we're trying to force a six-month-old to take four naps, that could be part of the problem, right? Is they're being offered way too much daytime sleep. So of course they're taking short naps. So thinking about that, the total sleep that your baby needs in 24 hours, the number of naps that they need based on their age, but also the times of the naps too, right? That matters a lot. If you follow me on Instagram, if you're a client, if you kind of know my shtick, um, I'm a schedule girl. And schedules, I, I mean, I need to do an entire separate podcast just about schedules for sure. But having your baby sleep at the right time is so important because you could have them on the right number of naps per day and maybe even the right hours of sleep that makes sense for their age. But if the timing is totally off, like they're napping way too late in the afternoon or two of the naps are really far apart and the baby's overtired or they're way too close together and there's not enough sleep pressure for them to sleep, then you're also not setting yourself up for success. you know. So that's, that's a really important piece of it too. And that's why I love a schedule because you can feel so confident that you're doing things at the right time. So even if your baby has a tough day, you're like, it is what it is. We're all human. We have tough days, but I know that this is the right time for them to be sleeping. So those are really important things to consider in terms of the timing, the number of hours, yada, yada. So other big factor with creating short nap success, long nap success. Yeah, I guess long nap success is the sleep environment. So it does matter that the room is dark. Again, I'm not a huge fan of blackout curtains. I Again, that should be an entire podcast episode. I will talk about blackout curtains, how I feel about them. But the room should be, feel darker than it does when you're just hanging out there during the day, right? So if you go into the bedroom wherever your baby is sleeping and you close the curtains, you close the shutters, whatever it is, and it should feel darker. It's telling them that it's time to sleep. They're in a sleep sack. That signals sleep. It keeps them nice and cozy. That's important. And how is the baby being put down? You guys know what I'm going to say. Baby should be put down awake. So think of this from an adult perspective. If you were rocked to sleep, fed to sleep, and then you woke up and you did not have those things, how would you feel? How would you feel if you went to bed tonight in your bed and you woke up and you were in a hotel? You'd probably be really freaked out, right? So when we put babies down for sleep in an environment that is different from how they're going to wake up, it is not unreasonable that they are confused and annoyed by it. They're like, I had that bottle in my mouth when I fell asleep. Where the F is it now? Right? I get it. I would be annoyed too. So working with your baby on being put down independently means that when they do inevitably cycle through that sleep, right? At 30 minutes, at 45 minutes, whenever that time is for your baby, they wake up and they look around and they're like, yep, here I am again in the place that I was when I went to sleep. It's not a big deal. They can put their thumb in their mouth, you know, twirl their hair, roll over and fall back asleep. So again, these are all things that are setting your baby up for success to take a good nap, right? You have put them down at the right time. Your expectation for how much they should be sleeping is fair for their age. You're not offering them way too much sleep or not nearly enough. The room is dark. You have them in their sleep sack. They are awake. You were able to look at them and say, I love you. I hope you take a great nap, right? That really matters. And then when they do cycle through sleep, 
right? Like let's say you've done all these things perfectly. You are sure that the schedule is great. They are wide awake. You are doing all of the things by the book and they still wake up after 45 minutes and are looking around and are like super pissed off. Then this becomes a personal decision. I have ways that I do things with my clients typically that I discuss in the course that I know are very productive for babies, but it comes down to what you're comfortable with and what works for your family. But here's what matters. You got to do the same thing every time. Every time. If there's one thing you can do to sabotage your baby's naps, it is not responding consistently when they wake up and they're upset. So whether that means you are doing something where you're going to go sit next to them, you know, in their crib and talk to them, if you're not going to go into the room at all, if you're going to do check-ins of some type through the door or you go in and say something, you shush pat them, whatever it is, you are always doing the same thing because you want the message that your baby gets to be, I've woken up, I'm supposed to go back to sleep, not I've woken up and let's see what's going to happen now. So if you decide, I'm not going to go in the room at all, I do not go in the room, and then the next time they wake up, you're like, I can't take this anymore. I've, I have like work to do. I have all you know a long day. I'm just going to go pick them up and baby wear them for the rest of the nap. And sometimes you pop in the passy, right? Sometimes you just hold them to sleep. You're doing something different every single time. Your baby doesn't know what to expect. So the message you're inadvertently sending them is, you know, just freak out as much as possible. Um, and let, let's see what happens, you know? So I'm not telling you what you have to do. I think that is every family's decision, what works best for you. But I am saying that no matter what it is, you respond consistently every single time so your baby understands what's going to happen. The more black and white and simple and consistent you make it, the easier it's going to be for them to fall back asleep. So those are the really important things. Another common kind of pitfall, I think, with short naps is that and listen, I have been there in the newborn stage with my kids. And I, you know, I have, especially with Baker, for whatever reason, I have this memory of tweaking his naps a little bit too much. And I had to catch myself and be like, homegirl, this is what you tell other people not to do. Like, stop doing it yourself. And that is trying to switch things up when you don't have enough data to support that that's the right decision. Here is what I mean by that. You decide it's time for your baby to move to two naps, let's say, right? They were on three naps. It's time for two. And the first day, they are like not having it, right? They're so tired for the first nap. They wake up after 20 minutes. You know, they they seem like they're, their spacing isn't right between the naps and they're really fussy and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, I'm going to move everything up half an hour tomorrow. Maybe that'll be better. And you do that. And like for a day, it seems good. But then the next day, it's not great. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to move everything up 45 minutes. Or I'm going to move this the third nap back, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to give them a cat nap. And you're just changing things so much that your baby is like, Again, WTF, like, when do you want me to sleep, lady or sir, whoever you are? Because it's different every day. You don't actually have the data to support that they didn't need to move to, to two naps, right? Like, oh, it was, it was too much, too fast. We have to go back to three naps. The two nap schedule didn't work. Based on one day, like, what if they were just in a bad mood that day? Or what if it was because the garbage truck, you know, backfired outside and it woke them up? Or what if it's because they had started solids and they had like a tiny bit of tummy trouble from that and had some gas. I mean, it could be 500 million things. So not only does consistency matter in the sense of doing the same thing every time when your baby does wake up and gets upset during a nap when you know they should be sleeping longer, but it's that when you do have a nap routine, a nap schedule, and you're making a change, that you stay consistent with it for a while. So you actually have the data to say, okay, we moved to two naps 
we had them at these times. And for the last four weeks, every single nap, I have to wake her up after this one. And it always takes her 30 minutes to fall asleep for this one. Okay, then I would tell you if you were a client of mine, you do have the data to support at this point that we should move all the naps, you know, back half an hour, whatever it is, right? You've, you've been able to see there's a really a pattern developing and telling you what your baby needs. You do not have that data from two or three days, right? Especially when you're making a change to your baby's schedule, you can expect that things are going to be funky for a little bit. I think that's really, really important to have that perspective in mind when you're making changes to naps and when you're trying to get your baby to adjust to taking good, strong naps. It takes a long time. And in general, when you're trying to make sleep improvements, don't get me wrong, I will occasionally have these unicorn clients where you know, they're struggling more at night and like one or two days in, their naps are amazing, even though they had been really struggling before. It does happen. But the vast, vast majority of babies, their nights come together pretty quickly when we're working together and their naps take longer. Naps are just a different type of sleep. There's no melatonin being released. There's no environmental pressure, right? It's light outside. There's people walking around. It's just very, very different. So having the expectation that you might be doing everything perfectly and you know the schedule is right and you know that the sleep environment is right and you're not jumping to conclusions and trying to switch things every day, it could still take a few weeks for things to come together. That's absolutely fine. You don't need to feel like if it doesn't work in two or three days that you must have the wrong schedule or the wrong wake windows or all of that stuff. Um, And I do think for me, that is why a schedule can give you so much relief and confidence because you can say to yourself, I know that this is all right. It's just taking them a little bit longer than it did at night. And that's fine. That's what babies do. It's okay. You guys, I feel like I'm like rambling in this episode. I don't know if it's that I had too much coffee this morning. We had like kind of a fun long weekend with some friends. It was my middle son Baker's third birthday yesterday. So like you know, lots of cake was being consumed, a lot of sugar. I had a donut for breakfast. Um, Not great. But I hope that this gives you some confidence in a couple of things. It is possible for babies to take great naps. It is going to take time. There are many factors at play that can set you up for success. And that can, of course, sabotage you if they're not the right ones. But every baby is capable of connecting their sleep cycles and of taking great naps. In some ways, because I had mentioned that I typically will see clients' night sleep come together before daytime sleep, I think it is conquering the naps often that is the most exciting for families because they're like, yeah, I kind of figured that we could get to a place where we're sleeping through the night, but I really didn't think that this kid would be able to sleep in his crib, not in a stroller, not in a car seat and like actually cycle through sleep and sleep for an hour and a half or for two hours. And it's an incredible feeling. I am able to record this podcast episode right now because my daughter is taking a nap. She's been asleep for an hour and 20 minutes at this point. So I'm going to wrap it up because she's going to be awake in about 10 minutes. And please like, subscribe, review Follow me on Instagram if you have nap questions. I'm going to post about it in my Instagram stories today. Love you guys. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to brittanysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at Sleep.